God, there is none like you. God, there is none like you. There's no other name. There's no other authority. Nothing but the name of Jesus can we find our hope. We find our joy. We find our peace. Oh God, we thank you that you have no rival. You have no equal. All our brokenness, all our pain is nothing compared to the greatness of you, God. And we know that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We praise you this morning. We praise him this morning. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Be thankful for Jesus this morning. Amen. Amen. Hey, it is great to be with you. You can take a seat this morning. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. And I'm saying it to myself as well because this morning I get to say Happy Father's Day as a dad and as a father of my own. Can I see again, who, who are those dads that got breakfast in bed this morning? You got breakfast in bed? Yeah, count yourselves lucky. All I got was a 5 a.m. start and a dirty nappy. So it's, it's good. You got, enjoy it. You know, like I was actually, Anna asked me last week, Anna, my wife, she said, hey, what do you want for Father's Day? And there's nothing like realizing the worth of a day when you realize you can get something out of it. I'm like, man, this day has got some new value. If I can get something out of this day, this day has got good. So <laughs> it's exciting to be here, but it's, I love that I can come to church and celebrate this. Ooh, am I that ugly? <laughs> I love, I love, I love Father's Day. I love that being a part of a church, right, we can come and I can celebrate Father's Day, not just with my biological father, not just with my father-in-law, but I can come and celebrate with all of the spiritual fathers, the spiritual grandfathers that have here, those who pour and invest so much love into not just me, but many of us here. And there's nowhere else you can get that but a church. There's nowhere else you can get that but a church. And I love that. And this morning, you'll see we've named this, um, this service the greatest, the greatest. And I can truly say that the last five months of being a dad, the last five months since Levi was born, have really been the greatest. And they've been the greatest five months. And there really is nothing like parenting to bring out the greatest traits in you. There's nothing like parenting to bring out the greatest traits in you. There's nothing really like parenting to show you the areas in your life where you're strong. You know, you, get, you realize well, these are some of my good character traits, but it really also shines a light on the areas that are not so great in your life. The areas like, mm, I probably should work on that, or maybe I'll bottle that up and save it for another day. Those areas in your life that aren't so great. Because fathers are great, aren't they? Fathers are great, and they have some of the greatest character traits. Some of the amazing traits come from fatherhood. But there's one trait that the Bible lists at the top. There's one character trait that the Bible lists above all else. It says, this is the pinnacle, this is the goal, this is the standard. It says, this is a trait that lasts forever, and it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't 
love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Jumping down to verse 12. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. The greatest thing that will define your life. The greatest thing that will leave a legacy beyond your years. The greatest thing that will have an impact on the people around you is love. This is the greatest trait that any father could possess. The greatest trait any father could possess. And I'm only five months into my role as a dad, I have no idea what I'm doing. But it's my desire that my life as a father will be defined by love. It'll be defined by love, that it will be not just my love for my children, my love for my family, my wife, my church, God, people around me, my friends, strangers on the street. It's this love that inspires me to want to be the greatest father. But as you know, I was preparing for today And I was reading through this passage, 1 Corinthians 13. We've read it a lot. And as I was reading through, I was reading through different translations of this passage. So you know how the Bible has, it's written in a bunch of different translations, which each say the same thing, but they change the wording a little bit, depending on the English, to try and bring some more context into it. So the passage I was reading here is the NLT. This is the New Living Translation. You've also got the other common one, the NIV. There's the message, the ESV, all that stuff. But as I was reading through this, I think I stumbled upon a brand new translation. I discovered a brand new translation. I'd like to share it with you this morning. This is called the NDT, the New Dad Translation. So let's read how it puts this chapter. If I could speak all the best dad jokes and come up with the wittiest puns, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I was gifted with knowledge and could understand women, and if I had such faith that I could actually win an argument, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I could cook the perfect steak and never burn the sausages on the barbie, I could boast about that. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it goes on, you know, um, it does not, it's not jealous, it's not boast, it's not proud or rude, it does not demand its own way, it is not irritable, it keeps no record of being wronged, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out, love never gives up, never loses faith, it is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance, dad jokes, toilet humor, food, cars and sports, all will become useless, but love will last forever. And then it carries on. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these 
is love. Regardless of your cooking skills, regardless of your career, regardless of how much money you make, the type of house you have, the car you drive, any possessions you have, those things are good, but the greatest thing is love. The greatest thing we have is love. And this is the thing that will have the greatest impact on our families, the greatest impact on our children. This is the thing that your children will thank you for one day. This is the thing that they will remember you by is love, that love that will last forever. And of course, this love is not just limited to fathers. Here, when Paul is writing this to the Corinthian church, he's speaking to all people. The greatest thing is love. He's reminding us that while having all of those other things is not bad, they're good things. But if we have those things and we don't have love, then what do we really have? How good are they really? We can have the best careers. We can have the best homes. We can have the best jobs, the best salaries. None of those things are bad things. They're good things. But love is what makes a good thing great. Love takes a good thing and it makes it great. You know, there are so many things in my life now after being a father that I appreciate now so much more. So many things that were good but are now great because of it. You know, the ability to have a job and earn money. Before, that was good because it was for me. But now I have a family. Now I have a son. So the ability to have a job and make money is a great thing because I'm not just providing for myself, but through the lens of love, I'm providing for them as well. Living in a fantastic country like New Zealand, having gone through the ordeal of giving birth, not myself, but seeing my wife do it, you know, but experiencing the incredible medical system that we have. You know, before it was good. I could say, yeah, that was good. But man, after having a baby, it is great. We live in a great country and we're very blessed to have it. Love takes a good thing and it makes it great. You know, the truth be told, I felt like a father long before Levi was born. After having him, I think I've realized that I felt like a father long before he was born. Because you see, I don't think fathering is a, a biological title. I don't think it's a biological trait that you inherit when you conceive a child, but rather fathering is a mantle. Fathering is an authority that comes on your life. Fathering is a responsibility that you take on, a choice that you make to invest and to love the people around you, the people below you who you can pour into. And so I think I've realized I've felt like a father for a long time as I invested in our youth, as I gathered around our youth and I loved them and I invested in them, as I gathered around our youth leaders and spent time with them and loved them and tried to encourage them. I think I've realized I've felt like a father for a long time, that same sense of pride in how they're doing, that pride you have when they do well, that sense of joy when they succeed, that same sense of grief you carry when life doesn't go their way. It's a fathering heart. It's a fathering spirit, that sense of investing in someone, loving them, helping them in life. And you go, well, Jono, that sounds awfully a lot like a mentor. It sounds like a mentor. What's the difference then between a father and a mentor? Because you're right, they are similar. And a father's job is to mentor, 
You see, the difference between mentoring and fathering, and I have to be honest, this thought is actually Carl's thought. Um, it's not mine, but I'm sh- the reason I'm sharing that is because he may still want to use this point later on down the road. So when he does, you've got to pretend like it's the first time you hear it. Um, the difference between being a father and a mentor, you see, a mentor is often a removed party. There's someone who's like a third party, and they're a bit more removed, so they can give you that broader perspective on your situation. They can help you see things differently, see things you may not have noticed before. But a mentor can take a holiday. A mentor can take annual leave. A mentor, when it gets tough, can say, hey, look, they can take their hands away. They can take a step back and go, hey, look, no, I, I, think, I think I'm done here. But a father can't. A father can't. The father says that even when it gets tough, I'm right there with you. Even when you're in the midst of a storm, even when the wind and the rain and the thunder and lightning is howling against you, I'll be right there with you. The Father says, you don't have to do anything to earn my love. That By the nature of you being my son, my child, my daughter, you, I love you. And nothing you do can take that away. Even though you might make mistake after mistake after mistake, I'll be there every time to pick you back up. I'll be there every time to pick you back up, to dust you off, to spur you on forward, to encourage you again. You see, a father is willing to be hurt. A father is willing to be hurt because what a father does is they take what they're trying to do, they're trying to take what they have inside them, their heart, who they are, the things they've learned, and impart them into someone else. Take that and impart that into someone else. And so in order to do that, they have to be vulnerable. They have to share all aspects of their life with them. They have to open up their heart, their strengths and weaknesses, and and invest that into that person. And so they're willing to be hurt because one day that person could walk away from them. One day that person could turn their back on them. They could betray them. They could hurt them. They could use that even against them. But the father says, even if that is the outcome, even if that's what it all comes down to, even if you do that, you are worth it. You are worth it because I love you. Even if that's what it comes to, I love you too much, you are worth it. And isn't that what God does for us? Isn't that what God does for us? He says, I love you because you are my child. Nothing you do, no actions, no way of life, I love you. That is the place you can live your life from. You can live in that confidence. I love you. He says, even though you might make mistake after mistake after mistake, even though you might fail again, I'll be right there with you to love you, to pick you back up, to spur you on again. I'll be your biggest champion. He says, even if you hurt me, even if you reject me, even if you don't follow me, you are worth it. You are worth it. Because he is the greatest father. He is the greatest father. And I know there'll be many here whose biological fathers weren't the greatest. You didn't have the greatest father. Or maybe your father didn't have the greatest character traits. For whatever reason, you may not have had a father full stop. And unfortunately, because of the world we live in, we live in a broken and fallen world that these things are people's reality and it's hard. But the great thing is, is that because fathering is a mental we can all take on, whether we have biological children or not, whether we've had a great father or a terrible father or no father, we are all children of the greatest father. We're all children of the greatest father. Father and his fatherhood is defined by love. His fatherhood is defined by love. The greatest of these is love. 
the greatest of these is love, a love that will last forever. You know, in a moment, the band's going to return and we're going to sing another song. And so I'd like to take a moment to pray for every father here this morning. Pray for every father, not just if you've got biological children, but for those of you who have that fathering heart. I know that I'm only where I am today because I've had spiritual fathers, spiritual grandfathers who have been willing to be hurt, who have opened up their lives, poured their lives into me, invested in me, challenged me, helped me grow. And I know I'm only here standing on this platform speaking to you because of them. And so I want to pray for us all this morning because you'll have people in your life who will be spiritual sons and daughters. People in your workplace, people in your family, maybe your, maybe your child's friends at school. You'll have people around you who will need that investment from you. Some of those people in my life don't even know the impact they have. Some of them I haven't had contact with for years. Old youth leaders, back from when I was a, not even a teenager. And I don't know what they're doing now, but I want to be able to sit down with them and say thank you. If I have the chance, I want to sit down with them, take them out for dinner and say thank you so much. Because of your investment, because of your fathering, because of your input, I'm able to live the life that I feel God has called me to. You see, fathering unlocks people's future. Fathering unlocks people's future. It helps them unlock gifts. It helps them unlock talents and potential within them. We all need multiple fathers. We all need those fathers who can invest in us. And so maybe you're here this morning and you didn't have a great biological father. There are people in this room who will be a fantastic spiritual father. Or maybe you've got that fathering heart. There'll be people in this room who didn't have great fathers and you can be a fantastic father to them. You can be the greatest father to them. So why don't you stand as I pray before we go into this next song. God, I thank you that you are the greatest father. You are the greatest father and you love us no matter what. No matter the decisions we make, the past we've had, you say we are your children, we are loved by you. And even though we might continue to fail and make mistake after mistake after mistake, you're right there with us in the midst to pick us up, to forgive us, to help us carry on. So I pray for every father here this morning, whether a biological father or someone with that fathering mantle, I pray you would give them a new sense of your love for them. Open their eyes to the people around them who they can invest in and love. That love that will last forever. Help us keep that love in the center of what we do. And Jesus, I pray for everyone here whom for Father's Day is a difficult day those whose fathers weren't the greatest or didn't have a great relationship or they're not with us now. Lord, surround those people in your love. Surround them in your love. We thank you again that you are the greatest father. Amen.